Grace and peace. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello, grace and peace. <laughs> so, so Josh has Josh has been uh, pointing out that I come in pretty strong, but uh, <laughs> so I, I have to have to keep things fresh in our relationship here. Um, and uh, uh, so, uh, hello, grace and peace. <laughs> We're taking Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Jeff Park, aka the Front Burner Burner. Um, and uh, that is because I'm doing this solo episode where I am going to be uh, going through this 20-minute uh, uh, podcast from uh, the uh, Canadian uh, Broadcasting Corporation, I believe this uh, small outfit is called. Um, and uh, <clears throat> uh, and uh, they sent a reporter um, to... Uh, a protest I was at, um, and uh, at least, at least, reportedly, the reporter was at the same protest I was at. You can be the judge at the end of this as to whether we were at the same place, experienced the same things at all. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, I figured I could um, uh, have some things to say about uh, <laughs> uh, about this situation since. Um, uh, I have been to uh, three times as many of these protests as this reporter has um, and uh, uh, and was at the same one uh, he was at and um, experienced it differently, as our prime minister might say. Um, so uh, I think I think the best way to get into it is just to get into it. So this is the. Uh, uh, CBC radio slash podcast episode called The Front Burner from August 8th. Um, I don't see an episode number or anything like that. The title is Anti-LGBTQ Backlash Spurs Debate in Canada's Muslim Community. Um, let's see how accurate that title is, for one thing. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, uh, let's, let's just get into it and you'll see what I mean. Hi, I'm Tamara Kendacker. It was quite hectic at some points. Like I remember just a lot of people speaking into megaphones and honking and just really quite loud. This is Omar. Trauma. Trauma. Speaking into megaphones, honking. It's it's like January sixth. I mean, the Ottawa occupation all over again. Um, anything but honking. <laughs> anything but honking. Um, <laughs> um. So as our as our <laughs> minister for mental health says, and <laughs> honk honk stands for Heil Hitler. Um. So. <laughs> uh, um. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I forgot, I forgot that he started with the, the trauma of, of, uh, he is still, still these many weeks later afflicted with long honk. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, okay. And yeah, sorry, I'm going at, I'm, I'm playing this at one X speed, which will at times feel, uh, just so slow, but, uh, I, I, I'm concerned that there won't be enough volume if I do it any other way. So, 
the if I put it in a player that can do two times speed, I think the volume is a, a little suspect. So this is um, and clarity. So this is the uh, the the way I can do this as a solo episode here. So um, okay, but but um, he um, uh, he has a PHSD uh, post honk stress disorder, and uh, and we're we're. Uh, we're hearing his harrowing tale. Omar mostly. He's a Toronto Star reporter based in Alberta. And at the end of June, he was at a big protest in downtown Calgary that was blocking traffic right in front of City Hall. Police had a very strong presence. And then there were some people who were shoving and pushing, a lot of shouting at each other. So um, it was a bit of a chaotic scene. Um, okay, so let's start there. Um, First of all, I just want to point out how much we as Albertans appreciate it when the uh, Toronto Star uh, sends people out here to gawk at us. Um, it uh, it always goes over well. Um, but uh, uh, the the Toronto Star, by the way, is like probably the most lefty newspaper in uh, the country, and that's saying something. Uh, it's the one that had the front page. Um, asking if the unvaccinated could just die already. Um, uh, so that um, that's the Toronto Star for you. Um, so, uh, so, okay. And blocking traffic. Uh, no, that's not true. Um, I, what ha what they're referring to is when the lights were red, people were taking the banners out into the crosswalk and showing their banners to traffic. They were not blocking traffic when traffic was allowed to go. Um, <laughs> um, and they say uh, pushing and shoving. Um, uh, yes, at various points, the counter protesters have ripped the hijabs off of Muslim protesters. Uh, the the uh, the uh, equitable and inclusive side um, have have uh, ripped the hijabs off of uh, protesters. This protest that uh, this protest that he was at, um, literal Antifa members um, were at. Um, they were, they were blocking our use of the city hall area for which we had a permit. Um, and, uh, and just, they showed up, they showed up early and wouldn't move and the police wouldn't make them move. Um, in, in the other two protests, they have been kept on the opposite side of the street from where we were, uh, one at City Hall and one at the federal building um, uh, it, for the other two protests, they've been they've been kept across the street and that has kept things uh, nice and peaceful um, because um, we weren't we weren't seeking <laughs> altercations with them, but the same could not be said the other way around. Um, 
Interestingly enough, at the third protest, there was a little bit of reporting about the fact that someone wore a T-shirt on our side that said, um, uh, that said, straight pride, um, if you've been born, thank a heterosexual couple or something like that. Um, and which, which is an, obviously an intentionally provocative T-shirt, but um, hard, hard to say that it's just unbelievably offensive or anything. Um, whereas uh, it, it uh, somehow went unnoted that on the other side, um, there was a, also a T-shirt that I found interesting because it said, uh, protect trans teens um, and had a picture of a knife. Um, so like, let's be clear, one side was seeking out violence here. Um, um, so um, shouting, he mentioned shouting. Yes, shouting is one of the things that happens at a protest. By the way, he talks about all the honking. <laughs> the the honking was, as far as I'm aware, universally supportive of our side. Um, our side was trying to show banners to the traffic and trying to get um, passersby to honk in support of our protest. The other side was trying to block our banners from being seen by traffic. They weren't. They weren't doing the same. They weren't doing the same thing. So when he says honking, that kind of indicates yes, there was a vast amount of support by bypassing drivers. Um, 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 there were also um, messages I don't agree with. By the way. Um, uh, messages to the uh, uh, to the uh, that were probably being honked at in affirmation. Uh, messages to the effect of fornicate with Trudeau, but it didn't say fornicate with. It was a different word starting with F. Um, uh, and uh, I have no intention of fornicating with Trudeau, and and would not suggest it for anyone else. Um, and so I can't say that I agree with that uh, with that message in the slightest. Um, <laughs> Except his wife. Ooh, too soon. <laughs> I don't know if the listeners could hear that. Um, um, they could. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah. Um, the uh, um, yeah, with the uh, with the possible exception of his wife, um, uh, who equally with me, it seems, does not want to. Um, uh, engage in that activity with uh 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 with Mezer Trudeau. Um but uh uh okay so all right we're making great time we are 42 seconds into this 20 minute podcast. The protest was organized by a group called YYC Muslims who say they're opposed to quote unquote gender ideology in schools. They chanted leave our kids alone saying they don't want it imposed on young children. There were, you know, a lot of people who, you know, identified themselves as concerned parents, but there were also people who just seemed against 
any kind of LGBT representation in public. A lot of talk about, you know, why do I have to see rainbow crosswalks everywhere? Why do I have to see pride flags at City Hall or outside of the school? The best way I would describe it is kind of a moral panic that people were expressing. Like, I, I saw people shedding tears in terms of how much this, this issue meant to them. And, yeah, I, I guess that's what stood out to me, just the sheer amount of passion. Okay. This is such a disingenuous argument. They said they just don't want their kids being exposed to this in school, but they actually don't want their kids being exposed to it in the grocery store or in front of City Hall either. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yes. So, um, I focus on school in my own professional life for uh, many reasons, but one of which is because um, the state will throw you in jail if you don't send your kids to school in some fashion. Um, fortunately, we have home education in Alberta and uh, and even uh, notification only, no funding home education in Alberta, um, which is fantastic. Um, uh, so, uh, so you can uh, uh, just simply notify and and fulfill notify that you're home educating and and uh, escape truancy penalties. But um, but yes, literally, the state might throw you in a cage if if your kids don't go to school, and then the state and actors of the state might lie to you about what your kids are being exposed to at school. Um, uh, and and withhold from you information um, about what they're being exposed to. So so obviously that's a frontmost concern. But yes, isn't it all surprising that that people who don't want their kids being exposed to this destructive ideology in schools also don't want them to be exposed to it in the city libraries or at city hall? And yet, and also like in which of those places, and I'm really, by the way, I'm really enjoying this off-screen producer role that I'm taking off with this episode, but in which of those three uh, or which of those places listed, am I not able to, uh, to, uh, to, to navigate that conversation with my kids while they're being exposed to it? I think that's a huge thing is that if I, sure. if, if I, if they're seeing it city hall on the street, in a library, I at least can help them interpret that and talk through right. them with that. What, what does that mean? If it's only in this place where I'm literally not allowed to come in and talk to my kid about what they're learning. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I think the focus on schools is, um, is appropriate, but it, I mean, I don't begrudge someone asking the question, why does, my kid had to be bombarded with this everywhere, literally everywhere we go. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's so I think I, anyway, I think the argument, oh, they say what they care about is schools, but really um, they <laughs> is like, is I just, I find that argument super disingenuous. But the rally wasn't made up of just Muslim parents. Women in hijabs were joined by seniors wearing t-shirts with verses from the Bible on them, and others with <gasps> verses from the Bible. Don't they know that Christians are supposed to be bigots against Muslims and not friends? I mean, that is, I mean, yeah, that is 
pretty much what this whole episode is. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> it's it's a uh, uh, it's a it's a whole it's a whole lot of um. Well, we have accused you of being Islamophobic for so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, that how dare none of you fulfill your stereotypes we have of you <laughs> Muslims not voting for liberals Christians not hating Muslims what's wrong with you people <laughs> what slogans about government tyranny an alliance that's baffled counter protesters who were also there oh. <laughs> what <laughs> What business do people opposed to government tyranny and people who have fled government tyranny have joining hands with each other? <laughs> um, like that's one of the most common things I, I've I've heard uh, is like uh, uh, is like we uh, we left tyrannical governments and we're not comparing. Canada to the governments we left, but boy, it's uncomfortably more like the government we left than we ever thought it would be, or we wouldn't have come here. <laughs> um, that's, um, so so yeah, that's a, uh, that that's a that's a funny one. I mean, and uh, uh, <laughs> as a. As a Christian and uh, someone who uh, dabbles in anti-government slogans, uh, or whatever she said, uh, it's uh, it's especially funny to me. Um, by the way, I mean, I'm almost I don't remember what Bible verses uh, they'd be referring to, but but I'm almost positive I know what anti-government slogan she's referring to, and it's "Don't tread on me." It's like. When you think about it, don't tread on me and leave our kids alone, which was the name of the protest, seem like they are quite compatible with each other. So <laughs> like can't can't say that I blame the guy for coming out and wearing his Gadsden flag <laughs> gear. Uh uh so uh so anyway, and yeah, it it baffled the counter protesters. Yeah, let's I think I think they get into that a little more. So let's. Omar is on the show today to talk about these protests, how they're being discussed in the wider Muslim community in Canada, why these parents have found common cause with conservative Christians and members of the far right, and why it's also challenging to talk about. So I think the libertarian slogans just transmogrified into the far right there uh <laughs> watch that little sleight of hand um uh but uh but okay fine um uh, i also so i believe it was this very protest a member of the calgary police service um was recorded telling the organizer of the protest um, that the people joining him at the protest were white supremacists in an attempt to get him to back off uh, of the protest. So, um, 
Oh, oh no, no, no. This was, yeah, this conversation was had about the third protest in reference to this. Pro so the protest they're talking about here is the second, the second one. It was at City Hall. Um, the third one was at the federal building. Um, there, uh, um, so the the conversation with the cop was in reference to this protest, the second protest, in preparation for the third protest. And the cop said that the people you're protesting with are white supremacists in an attempt to get him to just cancel the protest. He, the cop openly said, I'd, the best thing for you to do would be to just not protest. Um, and uh, And then the organizer brought up that the Transtifa um, were uh, were committing all sorts of violations, but then when a couple of guys on motorcycles uh, who were supportive of the protest stopped, pulled off to the side, stopped to watch the protest, um, they were all given really hefty fines uh, by the cops when like there were all these violations going on right in front of the cops um and and the cops said yeah basically that came down from city hall like we were told if we saw a violation to ticket it obviously he didn't say only on one side but obviously in context that meant only on one side any violation on the the Original protest side, the side that had the permit, by the way, the side that's <clears throat> not that I think that that matters, but I'm just saying, like, if you're going to make up these uh, stupid speech suppressing rules, at least <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> people should at least be able to rely upon them. Um, so anyway. And um, uh, so, so that's um, now I can't remember. I can't remember the exact reason I was uh, bringing that up. I think it was just that he was talking about the um, uh, I think it was just that it, oh, oh. He, he, uh, where um, I think I was just referencing that because uh, of the uh, invocation of the far right suddenly that came out of nowhere um, there. Um, but, uh, and by the way, but let me just, let me just say, I have no doubt that our, at our open air, open to everyone protest, there were probably people who had odious views that I disagree with. This is because because I'm uh, because I'm not four years old. I I I, I don't feel the need to say um, that. Uh, yes, I am keenly aware that Bobby has cooties um, and that I wasn't supposed to be playing with him. Is uh, screw you! It's an open air protest. Anyone can walk up. Um, it. it no one cares. Uh, like, um, and, but to, 
to paint the protest with that front. They are just so desperate for it not being normal Muslim moms and dads <laughs> who organized this protest and who drove it forward. But like, <laughs> they're so desperate <laughs> for it to not be that <laughs> group um, that uh, that they just, they have to paint it as um, everything else under the sun. Um, so um, anyway, okay. Uh, here we go. Hi, Omar. It's great to talk to you. Hey, thanks for your interest and for having me on the show. So so this this protest was organized by a group called YYC Muslims, and they say that they're opposed to teaching, quote unquote, gender ideology in schools. What exactly are they referring to? The term gender ideology sounds like a made up term to me. I don't really understand what it means, and I haven't had anyone be able to really describe what it means but it seems like they're like when I've spoken to people and asked them what their concerns are I've had numerous people say they're essentially feel like children are being indoctrinated like a lot of people say you know I'm just a concerned parent but then when you press them on it they also are against seeing really any kind of LGBTQ representation in public and um okay so same disingenuous argument um is that uh gender ideology sounds like a made-up term yeah by you guys Right, like, just like CRT, just like woke, just like everything else. Um, yeah, it's a made-up term that you guys made up. We started using, and now you don't like it anymore. Like, it's like, oh, suddenly when people talk about your thing, um, sudden, 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 uh, suddenly all these all these terms you want to disassociate yourself with. Hey, maybe your thing is what you should be disassociating with. Maybe your thing is odious and no one likes it, which is why when we start talking about it and using your own terms, no one likes them. Um, that's probably what's happening here. Go figure. Um, but, uh, okay, I, there was one other thing I wanted to uh, reference there and I was sure I was going to be able to keep all these things straight. Um, uh, I, I'll just skip back because I there was one more thing. The concerns are... I've had two. The term gender ideology is... So this, this protest was organized by a group called YYC Muslims. Ah, and I was just going to make the point, is, for anyone who doesn't know, um, in, in Canada, we have the perhaps admittedly uh, bizarre um, uh, uh, habit of referring to our cities by their airport, the entire city by the airport code. Um, I was not aware this was particularly unique to Canada, but multiple people have told me that it is. So my uh, my Twitter name is uh, J-P-A-R-K-Y-Y-C. That is because uh, my name is Jeff Park and I live in Calgary uh, and YYC is Calgary's airport code. Um, uh, yes, outside of Canada, uh, I, I guess this is not so much of a thing, um, which is really too bad because uh i Lancap's airport code would be sux which is so much fun um that i really wish he would take it up <laughs> um, and, and uh uh and uh uh sucks and cap but i know i maybe not i'm not sure it's just something so there's there's possibilities there um uh but uh, by the way, I uh, I'm not doxing Ioncap. I'm I'm just 
Sioux City is S-U-X. And, and uh, I'm not going to tell you how close to Sioux City he lives, but, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, um, physically, uh, probably a few hours uh, or a couple hours <laughs> spiritually, as far as you possibly can go <laughs> down with Sioux City, yeah. boo Sioux City. <laughs> I don't care if I lost every Sioux City listener in the world. I don't care. Sioux City sucks. <laughs> boo Sioux City. <laughs> Yeah, Sioux City sucks. SU, yeah, that's you're 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 catching on. Um, uh, so okay, so YYC Muslims is just a way of referring to to Muslims living in Calgary. Um, was the other thing I wanted to reference there because it is it has occurred to me that not everyone gets those uh, airport code references. All Canadian airports, I believe, start with Y, which makes it especially strange. <laughs> um, but anyway, all right. And they say that they're opposed to teaching, quote unquote, gender ideology in schools. What exactly are they referring to? The term gender ideology sounds like a made up term to me. I don't really understand what it means. And I haven't had anyone be able to really describe what it means. But it seems like they're like when I've spoken to people and asked them what their concerns are. Oh, sorry. Let me be very clear. Gender ideology is the ideology saying that you can be born in the wrong body. That that you that you can have, um, uh, uh, that you can have uh, clear and unambiguous sexual characteristics, uh, biological sexual characteristics that do not match your uh, your gender. That 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 sex and gender are separable. Uh, ideas that that gender has uh beyond beyond uh, beyond like cultural accretions added on to your uh biological sex which every everyone can agree um that there are a set of cultural assumptions that go along with biological sex that are uh at least in principle, separable from biological sex, but, um, but, but they'll they'll make a but gender ideology makes a distinction um, between uh, between those presentations as uh, as as a characteristic or a cultural assumptions about a gender, a gender and biological sex, that these are, these are at least uh, conceptually and can, and can be distinct from each other at each point that you can, you can make meaningful, not just conceptual distinctions, but actual distinctions that a given person can, can belong to separate categories in each of these uh, fields. That's at its root what gender ideology is, that you can have a gender that does not match your biological sex. Like, it's pretty straightforward, actually. Uh, it, it's not particularly confusing. That's what they object to. That's, <laughs> that's what, by the way, the vast majority of humanity objects to when you really come down to it. Most people do not agree with your little crusade. Um, I choose that word advisedly, um, <laughs> uh, in this context, 
uh, <laughs> particularly. Um, uh, most people will keep their mouths shut about your little crusade because they like their jobs. But, uh, but most people do not at root agree with your crusade, which is why you're having, you're having such a problem. I, I can't remember who said it recently. They, they were saying um, that um, conservatives paint themselves as being David against Goliath because conservatives are going up against every established institution in society, which makes sense. Um, progressives, on the other hand, paint themselves as David against Goliath because they're going up against nature itself. So despite the fact that they hold every established institution in society, um, because uh, because their their goals are are so irrational and unobtainable, they still get to play the underdog because they're going up against nature itself. Um, so, I mean, that's what you're up against. <laughs> um, uh, you're, you're, you're marshalling uh, this ideology against nature itself. Um, and uh, and yes, parents, um, parents are opposed to not only the, uh, that this is coming into the classroom at all, but the increasing, increasing amount of time and attention it's being given. A, a, a lot of parents who would have been, would have rolled their eyes and said, fine, get back to math tomorrow are now realizing that you're not going back to math tomorrow. That you're increasingly spending more and more and more of their uh, of the precious time that you have devoted to education um, after, by the way, keeping the schools closed for three years um, and, and kids are falling behind, measurably, obviously, falling behind and that your response has been to spend even more time on this nonsense. Um, that's the objection. That's that's what's going on here. Um, we were both there. You could have asked me. Sorry, we didn't get to hook up, Mr. Uh, Mosley, but. Uh, I I don't think it would have helped because I don't think you were listening in good faith for an answer to that question. But here we are. I've had numerous people say they're essentially feel like children are being indoctrinated. Like a lot of people say, you know, I'm just a concerned parent. But then when you press them on it, they also are against seeing really any kind of LGBTQ representation in public. And um in terms of like an end goal, I think they just feel like this stuff doesn't belong in schools, but also just not really in the public discourse generally. 
yeah, just so I'm clear, like, is there is there something specific in the curriculum that they're pointing to or no? So in terms of what they're actually concerned about, it's really hard to get a clear answer on that. And that's why I sort of come to this conclusion that it's not just about what they're teaching kids in schools, but really any kind of discussion about this publicly. The one thing that kind of... Yeah, um, it would not have been difficult to understand um, <laughs> uh, what what they objected to. Um, these protests took place because a teacher in Edmonton said, you can't be a Canadian if you don't believe anyone can marry any. And that if you if you don't believe that, you don't belong here. This is verbalizing one of the biggest fears of Muslims on this issue. It's the reason they haven't spoken up is they feel that to speak up on this issue would be just to be to call to attention, uh, call attention to the fact that they are not originally from here and to call attention to their their foreignness and their otherness on this point because they have been convinced that Canadians just agree on all this. Um, but they have come to learn that no, not all Canadians agree on this, which is why they openly welcome Christians to come and protest with them because uh, that's what gives them the confidence to be doing this protest in the first place. Um, and, and by the way, I mean, that was the increasing willingness of the Muslim community to pull their kids from pride events, which they have every right to do in this province, um, to withdraw their kids from pride events, um, and, and not let them attend those. Um, was what got this backlash from this teacher, basically trying to put them in their place and tell them that uh, that they're they're not real Canadians if they don't agree with this. Um, I'm glad that happened because it finally put that out in the open, where it can be mocked, where where that that <laughs> that idea can be. Uh, uh, can be mocked and derided. And by the way, I mean I think it's very important that not even the Alberta Teachers Association is trying to defend that comment. <laughs> not even um, now they are, I'm sure, behind the scenes quietly defending that teacher and trying to make sure she is not uh, drummed out of the profession, which she should be. Um, but uh, but they're uh, uh, but yeah, they're uh, they're not publicly defending that comment. No one came out to publicly defend that comment because obviously it sounds racist. Because it is. Um, uh, it well, it's bigoted on. Uh, it, it's it's bigotry on the basis of religion and national origin, specifically, not specifically race, actually. But but religion and national origin. You're targeting targeting someone for bigoted comments on the basis of their religion and their national origin, which is uh, 
spinning distance from racism for sure. Um, and, uh, and, and so I think it was, um, I, I think this ended up being a good development. Then likewise in Calgary, a lot more Muslim after the, the kid in Edmonton who recorded this, I think was named Mansoor. Um, there were more, there were a few kids being referred to, but then, um, Mansoor was, was the one who was addressed by name. Um, and so after the Mansoor incident, um, the, uh, a lot more Muslims here in Calgary pulled their kids out from Pride events here in Calgary. Um, and one of the Calgary schools, the teachers retaliated by uh, putting up a, a lot more pride related things, a lot more pride flags and um, decorating the walls of the hallways with so-called gay Muslims. Um, so targeting targeting the kids for, uh, based on their religion, for for retaliation, essentially. Um, and so this is the, and I, there are a lot more stories that I'm not permitted to share um, uh, that, that have also been going on uh, in the school system. But these are, uh, um, but this is what's been, what's been most publicly discussed at least. Um, and then you had another one, by the way, out in Ontario, um, a, uh, uh, a teacher who, who openly said, yes, all the teachers are retaliating against all you students because you skipped the pride events, <laughs> um, yesterday. And then heartbreakingly, the students said, um, to the teacher that, that you're following um, uh, you're following the rules of Jesus, but we have to follow the rules of Muhammad. And heartbreakingly, they're associating this, this, this horrifying gender ideology and, and, this, and, and this bullying and bigotry with having something to do with Jesus. Um, that's, that's the worst part of all of this. Um, which is why I think it's very important for Christians to speak up and let our Muslim neighbors know that we also don't agree with this nonsense, um, and and that we will we will defend them against <laughs> um, against neighbors who, in the name of inclusion, are trying to exclude them or target them on the basis of their faith, their national origin. That that we have their backs, um, and yes. We'll be called white supremacists for it. Screw you. <laughs> oh, yes, it's white supremacist for me to come out here and uh, support Muslims and tell them they belong in this country um, <laughs> for uh, despite having a viewpoint that everyone held until five minutes ago. Um, so uh, anyway, I wasn't a particular mystery why these protests were going on. Like the amount of incuriousness <laughs> uh, is, is like genuinely, they could have sent a five-year-old to this protest and he'd come back with more information. Would have asked 
more relevant questions. Genuine, I'm, I'm, I'm being 100% serious. A five-year-old would have asked better questions and come back with more, more information about this protest than this reporter has so far. Let's see if that improves, shall we? What came up throughout your piece was this idea of children being swayed to be gay or trans. Is that something that you heard a lot in the protests? Quite a bit, yes. The main protest organizer, Mahmoud Mura, he would say those exact things, saying, you know, they're trying to mold your child into something that you have no control over. And that that's that's the whole idea of this gender ideology, that you can sway a child into believing that there's something else. And we should point out here that... So, if that's not what's going on, I want you to explain to me the... 4,000% increase, I believe it is, in kids identifying as some form of uh, gender diverse identity uh, in the last, what is it, five years? I think it's something like that. Now, every time Every time someone like us makes this argument, they will come back with the uh, chart of left-handedness, which shows a, I believe it's a 110% increase in left-handedness over the course of 60 years. And by the way, isn't an actual, isn't a real chart of reported left-handedness. It's a, it was a, it was an illustration uh, in the first place. Like it's a, it's it's a it, it it's roughly correct, but it's not a real chart of real numbers, uh, uh, like real collected numbers. It, it was uh, um, demonstrating what this one researcher was claiming happened, not not with not with real numbers. That's my recollection of what happened with that chart. But most importantly, it's like a 110% increase over 60 years. We're talking about a, I believe, I don't have the numbers close at hand, but I believe it's like a 4,000% increase in something like five years or 10. Uh, so that's not, that's not like left-handedness, where it's something that was being suppressed um, and now it's not. That's, that's something like anorexia and bulimia, which is a social contagion, um, or, or, like, or like UFO sightings, which tune into a later preambling maybe, uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but which are at least somewhat a social contagion. Maybe not entirely, but somewhat a social contagion. Um, uh, or um, uh, we have lots more to say about that, I think, by the way, but so don't take that as my final word on this, um, but, but just giving that as an example. Um, or fentanyl use. Right, which went from uh, almost nothing because it was a new 
uh, to have this have this enormous increase. These are the kinds of things that show that kind of increase. These are not helpful illustration, <laughs> not helpful comparisons for the point you're trying to make. Um, so if that's not what's going on in schools, you need to explain, uh, you need to explain why this is happening. Um, it's become, I mean, it was, it would get you banned from Twitter, get you banned from Amazon to have made the argument that there was some sort of social contagion going on here now, uh, lesbian authors in the New York Times are openly saying, yeah, there's some sort of social contagion going on here. So, um, and it certainly seems, it certainly seems like when you frame that this is a, um, this is an ongoing option, an ongoing choice that you, I know it's not being framed as a choice, um, but you're constantly asking the kids um, if they identify as some gender diverse uh, category, it's certainly going to It's certainly going to uh, increase thoughts about perhaps I am that category, right? Like just the, the very nature of asking, the very nature of of emphasizing um, uh, these things, even by itself, which I don't think that accounts for it by itself at all, but. Um, but even the very nature of, of asking about these topics um, is, is going to continue to put that and, and the incessant, incessant, incessant <laughs> uh, asking about it and, and uh, emphasis on, on it. And then, and then if, um, if identifying as some sort of gender diverse individual um, gets kids attention and maybe even social power, um, social status, um, then, then that's going to seem especially attractive to impressionable preteens, teens, um, especially from the research, it looks like um, girls without a particularly strong relationship with their father in grades six, seven, and eight. That's the hot spot for this. Um, won't be surprising to anyone who's looked at numbers on say anorexia and bulimia um on 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 cutting on any number of other social contagions of that nature those they they show the exact same patterns so anyway 
that's um um it, it's just the these these concerns just get dismissed like like only a crazy person would believe these things um but no no really <laughs> more and more it's looking like only the crazy people are dismissing <laughs> like it, it it's um uh you can't you can't just tell us that nothing is happening here but let's continue we're four minutes into this thing but i promise i'll talk less now members of the LGBTQ community and advocates completely reject the idea that a child could be swayed into changing their gender or sexual identity, and that there is research that shows that there's a lot of harm that comes from family rejection and prejudice from society at large. But you mentioned Mahmoud Mora, who's been spearheading this. Let me just say that um, that that those statistics get weaponized as if uh, as if just not being 100% on board with gender ideology um, is what causes kids to commit su commit suicide. Not what those studies say at all. Like being kicked out of the house, um, stuff like that, absolutely. Um, but uh, and and it also it also downplays the significant risk of suicide these kids have, no matter what kind of reception they get. Um, so it it's almost as if you're you found some emotion emotionally vulnerable kids that you've given an incantation to, and when your incantation doesn't work. Sure makes more sense of the data than the alternate than the than the widely socially accepted uh, story. He's the founder of YYC Muslims. What else do we know about him, and what kind of rhetoric did you hear from him at this protest? So Mahmoud Mura is uh, the founder of this YYC Muslims group, which is really just a Facebook group, as I understand it. But uh, Mura, he's a polarizing figure. He certainly uses some pretty Really just a Facebook group that brings out hundreds of people to city halls to protest. Okay. Cool story. Dream rhetoric, like comparing children being taught about sexual and gender diversity to children being taken from home and put into residential school. He's managed to gain a decent following from what it seems. He has received some criminal charges for hate-motivated criminal harassment, and the police wouldn't tell me specifically what that was connected to. And so, you know, he hasn't been convicted of that, but it certainly has, has sort of cast a shadow over this crusade he's been leading, because now... So, okay. <laughs> I, I, I was not trying to ruin it, uh, but has cast a shadow over this crusade he's been leading. Interesting choice of words. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I accidentally previewed um, <laughs> that I I remembered I remembered this interesting choice of words by accidentally slipping out with that <laughs> terminology myself, um, but applying it to the the uh, uh, the LGBTs uh, as many of the Muslims call them. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, this this crusade he's been leading that's intentional. Don't tell me it's not. Don't don't tell me that you're that you're not trying to paint a Muslim with anti-Muslim imagery when you use a word like crusade. That 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 that. So okay. So terminology is is uh, pathetic. Um, I believe this is what we call a dog foghorn. Um, okay, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, so, but, okay, cast a shadow over this crusade he's been leading. Um, so what happened here, and, and again, this is just general incuriousness. Uh, yes, if you ask the police, they're not going to tell you. Um, but you could, you could look at the court summons which has been posted online you could <laughs> uh, 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 you could look at any of the dozens and dozens and dozens of interviews Mahmoud has given on the subject um, and it would not be hard to ascertain that what happened here and and this is this this you could get from just reading reading the court summons like you don't have to take Mahmoud's word for it um that a uh, uh, a Bengali professed Muslim um named Saima Jamal, who is very active with the Liberal Party of Canada and with the New Democratic Party um in Alberta, and uh is the Co-founder, uh, hold a thumb in that thought of co-founder. Co-founder of a of uh, the Calgary uh, Immigrant Support Society, I think it's called, um, which uh, was uh, largely formed to um, uh, give a secular alternative. Or a uh, non-Catholic, really, alternative to um, refugee resettlement uh, for for Muslims, mostly uh, in in Calgary. Um, and so, um, but it is it is largely secular, uh, even though even though it was co-founded by two Muslims. Um anyway, it's it's largely largely secular in its in its out. Um and uh when when the protests were first being planned, this Simon Jamal started speaking out against them and and saying basically making her case that Islam should be uh affirming of all these things 
liberal, yes. And so Mahmoud started interacting with these claims and saying that, um, and saying that she was not a real Muslim. Um, which, okay, there are two ways you could define what a real Muslim is. And I really think it's hard to come up with more than two and, and that are like sustainable. Um, you could you could go to documents or something like that to try to objectively define what a Muslim is. Um, that is not going to be helpful for Ms. Jamal. Right? Like you go to documents, you go to any objective source, it's going to say that homosexuality is a sin. Um, uh, not, not to mention all this other nonsense. Um, it's going to say that that Allah created male and female. And, um, it's it's going to it's going to have a, a traditional sexual ethic, almost as if it's from 600 AD or so, um, uh, and not 2022. Um, so. Uh, so, so that's going to be a, a problem. But even allowing, even allowing that, let, let's say, let's say that that's now considered impossible. Okay, but then a community can define its own membership. It, a community can define uh, any community can 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 define its own, uh, or at least can attempt <laughs> to define. Uh, uh, who belongs and who doesn't within uh, a community? It would be uh, it would be impossible for any community of anything to be meaningful if you couldn't if you couldn't have some sense of who was in and who was out. Um, and so, in as much as Muslims get to say who the real Muslims are. Muslims have been pretty unequivocal as to who the real Muslims are on this on this very issue. Um, we'll get to a little more of that, I think, in a minute. Um, uh, but uh, so even even if the religious argument isn't isn't working on you, which I think for most of our audience it it does, it's like is like okay, even think about libertarians. Like, frankly, what else would libertarians talk about if we weren't gatekeeping as to who's a real libertarian? Like, is, 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 we, we'd have nothing else to say. Um, but it was, it was this discussion, um, claiming that Simon Jamal is not a real Muslim, not throwing rocks at her window at night and saying this, not berating her in a grocery store and saying she's not a real Muslim by making comments on WhatsApp and and Facebook Live. <laughs> I think mostly Facebook Live. Um, that she's not a real Muslim. She claimed made her fear for her life and got the cops to lay a criminal harassment charge. And so not only did with that criminal harassment charge, it come with the condition um, that Mahmoud not uh, go to a place 
where he knows or suspects Miss Jamal will be. It also said that he couldn't go to a place where he knows or suspects a member of the quote unquote LGBT, uh, no, no, because it's a Calgary police service and because they're very bad at solving crimes, but very good at being woke. Um, they, uh, it, it says the 2SLGBTQIA plus community um, that, that he can't, um, he can't go to any of um, any of those uh, places either. Um, and then because he didn't ask me before he did this, um, Mahmoud called the cop and asked the cop who <laughs> who uh, who signed the summons um, if his own protest counted as a place where, two SLGBTQIA plus people would be since after all they're coming and counter protesting him. Uh, and the cop said no, um, but but then his, apparently his lawyer, at least for a little while said, uh, I wouldn't be so sure <laughs> with how broadly this is written. Um, so anyway, uh, just quick aside folks, don't call the cop and ask him anything. Just call a lawyer. <laughs> don't don't talk to the cop. Um, um, don't talk to cops generally. Um, uh, but um, but but yeah. Um, anyway, but having not been charged with a crime before in his life, uh, you know, we all make these mistakes the first time. Uh, I certainly. I certainly know I did, um, but uh, um, but yeah. Uh, so, so that's what that's what's going on with this criminal harassment and charge. Yeah, can I um, can I say it's absolute bail slobber? Like it's absolute, just it's nonsense. It's a complete nonsense charge. Um, it's entirely possible that it will be upheld because this is Canada. Um, but but it is it is complete and utter nonsense. And uh, any Crown prosecutor who goes forward with this should be shamed out of the profession. Any judge who countenances this for a moment um, uh, should be uh, should be um, laughed out of his courtroom. Um, it, it's it's an insane, unhinged conspiracy theory of a charge um, that um, that just does not does not deserve to even be uh, not deserve to even be weighed at all <laughs> uh, in the context of of the the validity of these protests it's frankly just a it, it it was it was an attempt to um it was an attempt to stop the protest um by the way um the protests are continuing um on august 25th uh, i believe he's gotten advice of counsel that <laughs> that he uh that they now feel confident that he can uh, continue. Uh, I think maybe his counsel has talked to the Crown prosecutor and 
and confirmed lawyer to lawyer instead of with a cop who, anyway, I won't go on. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, has confirmed has confirmed that uh, that that this would not be breaching the condition uh, of the uh, of the summons. But anyway, so okay. Um, did you have something to say or okay? Um, so let's uh, let's keep going now. Ever since that happened, he's he stepped away a bit because I believe he's one of the conditions of the charge is that he actually can't go to these things. And so he said, you know, I'm just concerned. By the way, that seems to indicate that maybe he has seen this document that he's pretending he hasn't seen. But anyway. Parent, I have, you know, father of five. He's a mechanic by trade. And he describes himself as a guy who's just um, really concerned. But it should be noted that he this isn't like his first step into political activism. He's quite involved. Um, with conservative parties in Alberta and federally. And uh, this seems to be what has got him the most momentum in terms of support, but it, it's not his, it's his first rodeo for sure. Um, so I don't necessarily disagree with, like, Mahmoud is fairly political. Um, I, I don't think there's any reason to object to that, but just bear that in mind as when it seems appropriate to point out that someone is a partisan um, for later on in this same podcast, perhaps. It is worth noting Mora and YYC Muslims aren't representative of all Muslim parents who've been protesting education and, and celebration of gender and sexual diversity in schools. They've kind of just been leading the charge in Calgary, but they also weren't the only group at this protest. What you saw was kind of a surprising alliance that we've also seen at other demonstrations in Calgary. So tell me about the conservative Christians and far-right organizations that you saw and what they told you about why they were there. What I did see myself um, was a really interesting cross-section of folks. So like there's the freedom convoy types. Uh, these are folks who are very active in protesting about pandemic restrictions, feeling like the government was telling them how to live their lives, encroaching on their freedoms, but the freedom convoy. Those were just feelings that they had, you know, it's just, yeah, an, an impression they got, um, you know, uh, it's no, no, no necessary foundation there, I suppose. Just, just, you know, crazy conspiracy theory that the government was telling you to stay in your house, to wear a piece of cloth over, over your face, to take a, an injection in your arm, to, uh, to, uh, not cross the not cross the border at at sometimes not cross the border without this certain documentation at other times to uh, close down close down schools while bars restaurants casinos uh, were open uh, to uh, to close outdoor playgrounds uh, <laughs> um, 
while while sex clubs remained open um you know uh you know it's just those those were all just you know fairies on the wind i guess boy toy types are very active in this movement because they believe this is another example of how government is controlling them true and then what I would describe as far-right individuals, um, Larry Heather is a good example because he's a sort of well-known far-right face in Calgary. And he's had this track record of, of you know, questioning whether Mayor Nahed Nenshi was the right person to lead Calgary because of his faith. And then I also see him at this rally saying, oh, you know, I, I, I can connect more with, with, with Muslims rather than the homosexual crowd, as he calls it, because we're all of the Abrahamic religious mosaic so that was really interesting to me just seeing how this individual has expressed concerns about what he believes are political pinnings behind a certain religion and then now he's sort of put that aside and joined this cause okay so yeah one guy who ran for mayor who didn't like the previous mayor who by the way pushed the gender ideology uh, in a big way um, and by the way belongs to a completely different sect of Islam that these people would consider heretical <laughs> um, um, it says about a different group of Muslims who agree with him on all these basic things that they're okay <laughs> it's like, shocking shocking that someone who disagreed with a Muslim mayor. Um, and, and Larry Heather said all sorts of things. And I'm not, but it, it um, Larry Heather did not speak at this protest. Um, Larry Heather was not an organizer of this protest. Larry Heather was a guy who came with signs to this protest. It's like, what? Like, yeah, note, note the double standards uh, <laughs> that say the protests and the counter protests are being judged by. Are we, are we, are we combing through the worst individuals who were involved in the counter protest? Uh, no, we have not done that yet. Let's see. Let's see if, if that rectifies itself. How did the Muslim protesters you talked to feel about the support that they were getting from these other groups? I wouldn't say there was a ton of like surprise because people generally said, well, religious folks are religious folks. And I think that would be one of my big takeaways in that I wouldn't necessarily highlight Muslims. I think whether it's conservative Christians or conservative Muslims or, or people of any religion who really closely sort of live by the book. I think they would have similar concerns. So I don't think there was a ton of shock. Maybe because the books say similar things. Maybe because the books are at least loosely based on the same underlying truths, perhaps. 
I, I'm willing to say that one of those three books is more loosely based than the other two, but still, at least loosely based on the same underlying truths. So unsurprising that people of the book, as the Quran calls us, <laughs> might end up coming to the same conclusions. From the people involved in it. And I, I don't think they were necessarily reflecting on that either. They seemed really sort of caught up in the moment, caught up in what they were trying to express rather than reflect on, you know, where it's going from here. You yeah. All those stupid Muslims. They need us white liberals to tell them what they should be thinking about this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they should they should really reflect on the, the long-term outcomes uh, that are going to happen here. Uh, yeah, yeah. So massively yeah. paternalistic. <laughs> uh, colonial, one might say. Um, to left-wing activists who were kind of dismayed to see Muslim parents coming together with these groups on this issue, right? Yeah, I, I thought... Shocking that left-wing activists don't want to see uh, don't don't want to see Muslim parents and Christian parents join together on on an issue. It's just, unbelievable. Just, just call them uppity and get over with it already. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't... Um, there really is this idea that that you owe us your political support for our entire insane agenda that is at war with everything you believe. You owe us because we let you in this country. Can you imagine if someone on the right said that? I, I mean, I can, actually. Um, uh, his name was Craig Chandler. He said something very similar to that uh, back in, I think it was 2014. And he was disqualified as a conservative candidate for saying it. Um, <laughs> um, uh, like, but, but the left just says it all the time. I thought that was really interesting. You know, I spoke to folks who said, I stood up against all forms of hate, including, you know, people protesting against Islam. Or Muslims, and now I'm seeing those same people, those same far right folks, standing side by side with the same people they demonized, and so there was definitely a, a bit of sense of frustration there, but not necessarily with the Muslim folks themselves. It was more what they feel was the far right co-opting or manipulating other people's political stance for their own. They're not angry. They're just disappointed. Uh, yeah, literally paternalistic. <laughs> we're not angry, we're just disappointed. And, and manipulating them by echoing them. Man, with with that kind of manipulation, like I'll, if, if y'all want to manipulate our podcast by telling everyone exactly <laughs> what we're saying and just like saying it to, to the people that you know, we're okay with you manipulating us in that way. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 really, uh, four-dimensional underwater basket weaving chess we're playing here, uh, manipulating the Muslims this way by by amplifying their message and agreeing with them. Um, so, uh, um, so, yeah, it's, okay. But then I want to go after that claim. They've 
They've stood against all kinds of hate, including hate directed against Muslims. How about if it comes from teachers? Oh, not so much there, huh? Yeah, that's the problem. That's why we're having the protest. So, so if you're standing with Muslims against all the hate that's directed against them, then you'd be on our side of this protest because that's what the protest is about. The protest is about Muslims experiencing hate because they're Muslims and because they ha have a different national origin. They are experiencing hate and bigotry directed at them from teachers. And we are standing up against that hate. And you are counter protesting us. So no, not all the hate, not all the hate, some of the hate you're, you're fine with. Some of the hate you're, you're, you're counter protesting against. Um, <laughs> um, which, which I believe if I remove the double negatives, uh, you're protesting in favor of some of the hate, uh, actually, in this case. Um, what, like, what would it even mean to say you stand against anti-Muslim hate? Except for the kind of hate you might get for believing what Muslims believe. <laughs> what else does Muslim mean? other than believing what Muslims believe. <laughs> believe it or not, as much as it gets tossed around as if it is one, Muslim is not a race. It, it's, 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 it's not a, um, uh, it's not a, um, Uh, a permanent identity were one to stop believing what Muslims believe, one would stop being a Muslim. Um, so there is no opposition to hate against Muslims that would not involve standing against hate that accrues to Muslims for believing what Muslims believe. I don't know, that seems pretty simple and straightforward to me. I said in my speech at this very event that I don't believe we have to choose which kids get bullied. That if pride were just about don't bully the gay kids, I don't think anyone would object to it. But now pride is about bullying the Muslim kids. And I don't believe that, I don't believe that bullying is just this, this sort of pendulum <laughs> that has to be directed against. I do believe it is in fact possible for adults at least, adults at least, adults at least, to stop encouraging the bullying of children. I, I, I believe we have it in us. But this makes me, I believe, far right. So there's that. <laughs> Their own benefit. 
And this hasn't been the only protest of its kind. There have been protests in parts of Canada over drag artists reading books to kids, reports of Muslim parents taking their kids out of school in Ottawa, Edmonton, London to protest pride events. There was also a clip that went viral in June of a small boy at an anti-pride rally in Ottawa stomping on pride flags. And he appeared to be Muslim because his mom was wearing a hijab. So... To be clear, that rally was against the Ottawa District School Board removing the opt-out uh, for Pride-related events. So Ottawa had had the ability for parents to opt their children out of Pride events. This year, they removed it. This was a protest against that. It's not an anti-Pride rally so much as a, <laughs> uh, I mean, whatever. I don't care. But um but it, it's just, it's so, um, it's so torqued within an inch of its life to, to because when, when you say anti-pride or anti-LGBT as, or LGBTQ, as this headline does, or, um, uh, it, it, it makes it sound like it, what you're intentionally trying to evoke is like the clan that's protesting against black people being in the neighborhood you know <laughs> like that's that's what you're intentionally trying to evoke obviously that's not what's going on here um it's uh it's a it's a protest of muslims not being allowed to express their muslim faith though so that's what these protests are and um and yes flags I, I, I know I know this is hard to believe, but flags sometimes represent the supremacy of the idea that they were intended to represent. So, so were someone to uh, were someone to in the fall of the Soviet Soviet Union stomp on the flag of the USSR? Um, that would not indicate that they hate their country. Uh, it's, a, it's an anti-patriotic protest. Uh, or, or it would be, um, it would be the, they are, they are opposed to the supremacy of the idea that that flag has come to represent. Um, so stomping our pride flag um, is, is not, wishing harm on LGBTQ people any more than stomping on a Soviet flag would be Soviets wishing harm on other Soviets <laughs> or Russians wishing harm on or, or, or uh, Czechs wishing harm on Russians or something. <laughs> it's, it's, um, uh, it's a rejection of the ideology that the flag represents, obviously, um, as as any sort of protest with a flag, I mean, like, holy cow, like this is why, this is why flag burning is protected, <laughs> um, is, is because we understand that, that lots of ideology get, gets wrapped in uh, the usage of flags. It's, that's in fact, largely the point of flags <laughs> is, is to 
be a symbol for ideologies. Um, and, uh, and, and so, so yeah, just as it would be silly, uh, to, um, just as it would be silly to say that, uh, well, okay, I can use another example of Muslims, uh, Muslims in the street in Calgary stomping on Israeli flags. Because to them, that flag represents Zionism, imperialism, Western intervention, wars. Okay? Like, you don't even have to agree with it. I would be uncomfortable stomping on an Israeli flag myself, okay? Even though I also disagree with all those things I just rattled off, I would also be, I'd be uncomfortable stomping on that flag. Um, but to them, that's what it represents. It doesn't mean they want to go kill Jews, obviously. All right. Why do parents say that they're doing this? Is it about their faith? One of the reasons I honed in on, on this particular alliance was because it felt like a bit of a different flavor than when I covered, say, like the Yellow Vest or Wexit, where there was also a lot of talk about people's freedoms being eroded. But what made this different is that a lot of these folks come from countries where they did face real sort of oppression and uh, persecution for their beliefs. And like I once did a story in the pandemic about a Mennonite community in Alberta that had some of the highest or lowest vaccination rates. Uh, these Anabaptists do have faced a lot of oppression and persecution in Europe for their beliefs. And so when they come here, now they're saying, it feels like we're seeing a repeat of what we fled. And so I heard that from... Sorry. I agree with everything he's saying here, actually, by the way. I think for once he's making a good point. Um, I will just... I have to pick on one thing. Mennonites faced a lot of uh, persecution and oppression in Europe for what they believe. Well, yes. And then they came here and then Alberta banned homeschooling, which they interpreted also as oppression and persecution based on what they believe. Um, especially since they don't believe that you should go to school past grade eight. Um, that's eighth grade for our American listeners. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so, which is why interesting quirk of uh of alberta the vast majority of uh, spanish teachers in alberta are mennonites because when we banned homeschooling they went to mexico <laughs> and a lot of them are still there by the way but a lot of them came back when uh uh when that law was struck down by the courts um uh uh and um so so yeah, I just I find it kind of interesting that that he that he limits Mennonite oppression to having happened in Europe. No, 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 it very clearly and obviously happened here as well. <laughs> um, uh, to the point that they once again fled the country, went to Mexico. Some of them have come back. From some of the Middle Eastern parents I spoke to, where they come from, countries like Syria or Lebanon, where there is a lot of government essentially dictating how people should live their lives. So they feel like they're now facing 
in Canada what they fled in the Middle East. And, you know, not all Muslims are immigrants. There's people who convert or, you know, were born here a lot, actually. But it did seem that that was sort of a, a recurring theme. People saying, you know, I came here for religious freedom, and now I feel like my children are being forced to learn about something that um, conflicts with my traditional beliefs. I just want to say, for the first time in this interview, he has correctly represented the actual views of the people he's covering, uh, who weren't the kind of protesters or the cops, I guess. Okay, so coming back to this idea then of uh, Muslim parents being co-opted by the right, there was a video that was circulating recently of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau talking to a group of Muslims at a mosque in Calgary during Stampede about this. First of all, there is an awful lot of misinformation and disinformation. People on social media, particularly seen by the American government, are spreading a lot of untruth. He says parents are being fed misinformation and disinformation by the American right wing about what's actually in provincial curriculums. And that if you look at the curriculum, there isn't quote unquote aggressive teaching or conversion of kids to being LGBT, that this is something being weaponized by people who are not doing it because of their interest in supporting the Muslim community. So what have you heard from Muslim parents about this idea that they're being misled by right-wing media and that they're being weaponized? Uh, so, um, having seen the full 14 and a half minute video of uh, Trudeau in this mosque, uh, the day the day that it happened, um, which I think puts puts me in a re relatively uh, uh, select group of uh, white people, let's say, who have <laughs> who have seen that video. Um, it was flying around whatsapp uh, in all the in all the muslim groups but uh um but it, it i i noticed lots of reporters who very obviously had not seen uh most of the video of uh commenting on commenting on parts of the video they had seen um but since i've seen the whole thing i can tell you how it ends it ends with saima jamal uh walking in front of the person with the camera and keeping them from continuing to film Justin Trudeau. <laughs> um, so just an interesting tidbit that may in fact continue to come into play in a moment. Um, but other than that, I mean, do I even have to talk about the I mean, I, I have, I can't, you can, you can look up my day job and find me talking about the ridiculousness of these comments, but, uh, um, but this is, I, I, I thought it was kind of funny the way that like the vast majority of the coverage of these comments was of the desperation, <laughs> the, the, the extreme reach uh that 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 trudeau does when he's up against the wall when he has to talk he has to just talk about misinformation disinformation 
uh, Americans. I'm surprised he didn't blame it on the Russians. Uh, like th those are his moves: <laughs> misinformation, disinformation, Americans, Russians. Uh, like <laughs> that's that's the whole playbook. Um, but uh, anyway, okay, let's uh, let them speak for the uh, the Muslims. How do how do they think the Muslims react to that? I I didn't really discuss that at length with a lot of people. Sorry, I'm just stunned at how many times she asks him a question and he's like, I didn't ask that question. I I wasn't curious about the answer to that. <laughs> Basically, it's like it's like. It's just, again, I have to marvel at his general incuriousness about the subject he's covering. A lot of people at the protest. But I did speak with, for example, Sam Namura, who is uh, a podcaster, sort of YouTuber. He's not really, like, closely tied to any political party. He seems like a pretty pragmatic guy. So, Sam Namura, podcaster, YouTuber, not really particularly closely uh, connected to any political party. Seems like a pretty pragmatic guy. Should be pointed out, co-founder of the Calgary Im Immigrant Support Society with Simon Jamal. Um, and let's investigate that claim of, uh, you know, he's just a, really just a straight shooter respected on both sides. Uh, uh, show us a, uh, show us screenshot number one there, IONCAP, uh, producer IONCAP. Um, so if it's up there now, um, it's uh, Sam Namura saying, uh, it was so nice to meet Minister Omar Al-Gabra, amazing politician. Um, and then it's a picture of him with Omar Al-Gabra, who was just kicked out of Trudeau's cabinet for being a raging incompetent. Um, but, uh, but there, there he is with, uh, with Sam Namura. I, it's a real mystery, uh, with this uh, straight shooter respected on both sides, uh, talking about this amazing politician, Omar Al-Gabbert, real mystery where he might stand, uh, politically, just sort of a pragmatic guy, I think. Uh, but, uh, but, 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 yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't pick on what, so let's go to, let's go to screenshot number two, Island Cap. This is a, a, a retweet by, a, okay, that's Sam Namora. Um, amazing evening out door knocking. Love hearing about the issues that matter to you. Uh, hashtag choose forward. Oh, that, that hashtag sounds familiar. I, I, I think that belonged to a political party of uh, some sort. And then uh, election 43. This is Dr. Gadra Alatrash. Um, can we look at a... Screenshot number three to see why I might remember that name. I went, oh, okay, yes. She was a candidate for the Liberal Party of Canada who got curb stomped uh, by Ron Leipert uh, in, uh, in Calgary Signal Hill um, in uh, 2019. Okay, that's right, that's right. Um, but, uh, uh, but, you know, okay, like, so, yeah, it's, it's hang out with... Uh, liberal ministers calling him an amazing politician, even though not even Trudeau agrees with that anymore, but you know, um, and then, uh, uh, and then, a retweeting campaign. And by the way, this, this isn't cherry pick. This is the, he's not doing this for conservatives to like, <laughs> uh, so, uh, this, uh, just 
straight shooter, no particular political allegiances. Let's see, uh, let's see uh, screenshot number four here. So where 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 was he on uh, COVID, for instance? Uh, it will be difficult but vital for Muslims not to congregate during Eid. Unfortunately, we don't have any choice, any other choice than to come together or not come together. Sorry, that was my insertion. Uh, and do our part to stop this, said Namura, co-founder of the Calgary Immigrant Support Society. Hey, I remember the name of the thing. Um, um, and uh, okay, so that that's kind of his uh, uh, position on a uh, COVID. Was that shared by most of the Muslim community? Um, not particularly. Look, it it was it was kind of well known during COVID, and we've talked about this on the show. It was kind of well known during COVID that the Muslims were continuing to meet and just keeping their mouths shut. Um, and the Christians were being punished because they couldn't keep their mouth shut. We talked about that a little and the differences and maybe whether being wise as serpents might call for us to keep our mouth shut a little better. <laughs> um, but, uh, but that, so, uh, so we, we've, we've talked about that on the show, but, uh, it was not the case that most Muslims, uh, uh, went without their uh, required <laughs> uh, feast observances uh, during COVID. Um, that, to a first approximation, just didn't happen. Um, but, uh, but, but let's see, I mean, maybe, you know, that was, that was on the 10th of May of 2021. Maybe, uh, maybe by the time that uh, you know the the pandemic was obviously not so much of a obviously deadly killer, and we're we're sort of restrictions are dropping, and and we're getting back to normal. Maybe maybe his position was changed. Are we uh, we looking at the next screenshot there? Uh, one woman with a mask blocked the pro truckers protests in Calgary. Wow. One person said, I am free too. Unbelievable. She really stood her ground. So he's praising counter-protesters against the trucker protest. Um, so, so I don't know. And then um, this one's just admittedly a little petty. Uh, the, the third one about COVID here. Um, no $1,000 per family in Alberta like BC recovery benefit program. Hear it directly from Premier Jason Kenney. I was surprised at what Minister of Municipal Affairs Tracy Allard said too. So just he's just sort of attacking uh, the UCP for some random policy I don't even remember um, uh, from from during COVID. But you know, and again, I I promise you guys I'm not. You can go through uh, <laughs> you can go through his stuff. Uh, this is not cherry picking. Like he's 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 very obviously a partisan. Um, um uh but but okay so we we've got we've got the party politics generally we've got we've got covid um but but surely that that's it right he's just he's just generally he's a he's a he's a pragmatic guy after all so he's not going in for like the really radical stuff from the left right 
Can we uh, see that next screenshot? No justice, no OIS. No racist police. Spread the words. Calgary had spoken. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Calgary, Alberta, vigil, June 6th, 2020. Um, that looks like not a ton of social distancing in that picture of June 6th, 2020, by the way. I have to know. Not a lot of masks in that photo. Not a lot of masks in that photo. But at least he's wearing a mask. Let's look at the next one. Maybe. Maybe he was wearing a mask. Here we are. Um, um, he says, I tried to carry so many messages to the vigil in Calgary today as human, Arab, Canadian, and a Muslim too. No one to be the judge by our race. No, sorry. No one to be judged by our race, ethnicity, religion, gender, Black Lives Matter. And yes, it does is obviously what that word was meant to be. Uh, I think. Actually, I, I'm not sure that's obvious. Anyway, um, hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag BLM. Thank you, Albert Wu, for this photo. And there he is in the BLM protest. Um, uh, and he's wearing a mask. I'm not confident it's because of COVID. <laughs> um, it... Uh, and he's certainly not particularly socially distanced there himself. Um, oh, and at one point I could read the uh, um, verse from the Quran that's on his shirt, but I, I can't read it right now. Um, I can't tell what that is. Um, I think it's just like, I made from one lump all of humanity, one of those verses, um, uh, of which there are quite a few in the Quran. So I think that's just, uh, I think it's something like that. Anyway, um, but okay, okay. So, um, so partisan affiliation, uh, COVID, BLM, um, and then just one final thing. Now by itself, by itself, this wouldn't be terribly meaningful to me, but but just in conjunction with everything else, it's like you start to get a picture that this guy is just about the current thing on the left, whatever the current thing on the left is, because during the Pope's visit to Canada, um, he tweets, maybe the word she says in Cree language was, oh, Canada, but her voice, eyes, tears, and body language delivered a much, much deeper message. Most Canadians felt it. I hope this will help to heal some of wounds and bring some justice and closure to all the victims. Hashtag Pope in Canada. And it's of a clearly relatively distraught looking Cree woman uh, during the Pope's visit. And he's kind of reading into, uh, she just sang O Canada in Cree. Um, but he's kind of reading in, reading into, um, 
that uh, basically, I think, I, I think basically he's claiming that that there's a that there's some some sort of a stain on Canada and Canadianism uh, that that she's expressing. Uh, I I can't I can't I can't come up with another way to interpret that really. Like I say, by itself, whatever it, it it's it wouldn't even stand out. But just in the context of everything else, it sure seems. Um, it sure seems like he's just in on whatever the current thing um, is. Uh, so, okay, so this is the straight shooter respected on both sides, uh, co-founder with Saima Jamal, who has who has had this ridiculous charge against the organizer of the protest. Um, <laughs> here, here's what this noted pragmatic straight shooter unaffiliated with any particular political party guy has to say now that we've set the table. He was he was of the position that he feels Muslims are being co-opted and this cause was, was being manipulated by far-right individuals, groups, media to, to essentially further a political agenda. And he his concern was that how this is going to reflect on Muslim Canadians and how he feels it gives ammunition to the far right who argues that Muslims are trying to change your culture, they want to change Canada, they want to change your laws, they want to change your education systems. And so he certainly had that concern. So one of the... So, does this pragmatic guy unaffiliated with any particular political party, um, would he be concerned if, say, right-wing Canadians were concerned that Muslims were uh, were all about racial grievance politics, maybe, um, and and that and that uh, if that were to if that were to lead right wing Canadians support for say uh, uh, indigenous complaints against the Catholic Church, say, or support for Black Lives Matter protests. Um, if that were to if that were to lead, say, right wing Canadians to to think that Muslims were uh, being co-opted and used by a, a broader racial grievance politics, would that be concerning to him or uh, oh no, apparently. No, it seems like not particularly. So so it's it's Muslims being co-opted and used by people who agree with the Muslim position, agree with the Muslim position on these topics about schools and about sex and gender. <laughs> That's what concerns him. Not, not that they get co-opted by movements that have very little to do with Islam, <laughs> but they're, they're being co-opted by movements that that are pretty inextricable from what Islam teaches, that's what's concerning there. Yeah, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> the few Canadian organizations that I saw made a clear and public statement on their position on these issues was a group called the London Council of Imams, and they had cited a letter they had signed called Navigating Differences, 
which was a public statement by a whole bunch of uh, Islamic organizations and Muslim individuals. When he says a whole bunch, you can go to navigatingdifferences.com, subtitle Clarifying Sexual and Gender Ethics in Islam. And when he says a whole bunch, round up to every Muslim you've ever known or heard of has signed this letter. Okay? Like, virtually every Muslim organization, virtually every imam, virtually every uh, uh, virtually every mosque, virtually every Islamic university, virtually every Muslim of any particular public standing in Canada um, and many, many in the United States um, have signed this letter. And, and it was from the London Council, and, and in case that's confusing, London, Ontario, um, uh, is what's assumed in a Canadian context here. Um, um, so, uh, so it, it, this was a, a letter originally drafted by, um, by a Canadian council um, uh, of Muslims, and, um, and so, a large, large portion of the signatories are Canadian Muslims, um, but lots and lots of American Muslims, um, lots and lots of European Muslims have signed this as well. Um, it it would be it would be very hard to and 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 let's just I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll read you some some very quick. Um, uh, very quick highlights. By a decree from God, sexual relations are permitted within the bounds of marriage, and marriage can only occur between a man and a woman. In the Quran, God explicitly condemns sexual relations with the same sex. Uh, and I'll skip a little. Not because it isn't just as devastating, but... <laughs> um, Uh, God defined humanity as consisting of males and females and declared that he, quote, created, uh, brackets, humans from a male and a female and made, brackets, them into peoples and tribes so that you may come to know one another. Um, and it gives two citations from the Quran. Um, Islam, uh, sorry, one primary citation and a C also. Okay. Islam affirms, uh, affirms that men and women are spiritually equal before God, even though each has different characteristics and roles. Um, okay, I'll read this real quick. Uh, the Prophet Muhammad, and then there's the honorific, which I'm not going to do, um, <laughs> uh, re referred to uh, women as equivalent counterparts of men. Uh, yet he, honorific, uh, explicitly condemned imitating the appearance of the opposite gender. Uh, further, God calls on humanity to respect his wisdom and creation. And that's Surat al-Nisa of uh, 119. Uh, as such, as a general rule, Islam 
strictly prohibits medical procedures intended to change the sex of healthy individuals, regardless of whether such procedures are termed gender affirming or confirming. Um, Okay, last, last thing. We recognize that some religious groups have reinterpreted or revised religious doctrine to be inclusive of LGBTQ ideology. The Muslim community is not immune to such, pressure, such pressures. Indeed, some have attempted to reinterpret Islamic texts in favor of LGBTQ affirmation. We categorically reject such effort, efforts as theologically indefensible because these aspects of sexual ethics fit within the category of immutable tenets and are therefore not subject to revision. So that's the kind of like pure fire <laughs> this navigating differences document is uh, is spitting. And yes, it's signed by basically everyone you could possibly imagine. Um, so when he mentions it, just uh, just bear in mind, that's the kind of consensus he's talking about on that side of this issue. Including religious leaders who stated that Islam unequivocally condemns same-sex marriage and gender transitioning for reasons of gender dysphoria. And that any Muslim parent who, you know, expresses that they feel what's being taught in schools interferes with their religious freedom shouldn't be condemned as discriminatory or hateful. Yeah, I'll read that. I'll read that part real quick. It, it says, um, more troubling still, there is an increasing push to promote LGBTQ centric values among children through legislation and regulations, disregarding parental consent and denying both parents and children the opportunity to express conscientious objections. Such policies subvert the agency of Muslim parents to teach their children their religiously grounded sexual ethics, violate their constitutional right to freely practice their religion, and contribute to an atmosphere of intolerance toward faith communities. So that's the part he was referring to there. <laughs> The last time I remember Muslim parents mobilizing in this way was back in 2015 to protest the changes to the sex ed curriculum in Ontario. Is there something that's happened recently that's triggered these protests? I'm, I'm just wondering why this has escalated in this way in recent months. It's just, it's just like invincible ignorance is the word that comes to mind. <laughs> yes, lady. Yes. Oh, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um I I'm just innocently trouncing about stepping on rakes and suddenly rakes are popping me in the face. <laughs> like, like, all right, fine. Well, this is all speculation, but I think there's a few different factors. Yeah. So much speculation is needed here when they're shouting it through megaphones why they're doing this. They're, they're literally announcing it. Protests in, for this reason. What could it possibly be? Like it's like it's like watching a bunch of people like ordering food at a restaurant be like, what are these people congregated for? 
I can't possibly figure it out. <laughs> well, no one can fully penetrate the wiles of the Orientals. We may never know what, <laughs> what this these mysterious cultures desire. <laughs> oh goodness. I do think the pandemic, one, just made people more angry, but it also gave people a, a feeling that the government is this tyrannical force that wants to control your life. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like there's this kind of hangover effect from that, and that people were opposed to pandemic restrictions. They still haven't got over it. And now... By the way, I just noticed this, but hangover, also an interesting analogy to use about Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> Crusades and hangovers, guys. All right. They see teaching about sexual or gender diversity in schools as another way of how the government is is forcing them or controlling how they should live their lives. Like I've had people explain to me, it's just too much uh, in terms of what they're seeing in schools or in public places, and it seems like they really feel like it's just too much for them too quickly. And I think that just that social change, that societal change has been, for some people, overwhelming. And I, th I think particularly with religious minorities, they have felt taken for granted by the Liberal Party in Canada, especially. I wonder why they would feel that way with these people openly saying, we don't understand why these people whose every belief we are trying to eradicate are so angry when we've always supported them except for these beliefs. And then we've seen that, you know, the Conservative Party of Canada has done a lot of outreach in uh, ethnic communities and with religious minorities. And I feel like there's just a lot of religious folks who are, you know, reading more into politics, reading more into party platforms and starting to feel uh, like they align more with, with conservative values than with liberal values in Canada. And I think that's an important point because at the end of the day, this whole movement is definitely political. And you hear that and see that with, for example, the, the video of Trudeau that went viral. There's like Trudeau is always tied to this stuff, which doesn't really make a ton of sense because it's not like the federal government is going and telling schools what to teach in their curriculums or telling municipalities where they should no, it's just that he had very recently said that wanting parents to know when their kids are changing their name or changing their pronoun in school was far right. Like, oh, I can't imagine why this guy who keeps tying himself to this stuff is tied to this stuff. Fly pride flags or paint rainbow crosswalks. But he is seen as this individual who's leading this culture war. There's definitely... Yes. He's seen that way because he is that way. Yes. This... Uh, this is someone who, for the first time in the history of the Liberal Party of Canada, banished the pro-life position from the Liberal Party of Canada. There had never been... Uh, there, let, let me read. There had always been liberals who were pro-life until Justin Trudeau banished the possibility of being pro-life from the Liberal Party of Canada. Yes, 
Trudeau is a leader in a culture war. Yes, he's increasingly being seen that way by Muslim Canadians who are becoming aware that Trudeau is hostile to most of the to to many of their most deep, deeply held beliefs. Yes. That is in fact the case. Definitely a lot of politics underpinning all of it. So as you point out in your piece, the Muslim community in Canada isn't a monolith. It's very diverse with a wide array of perspectives. Um, you mentioned that there's been a bunch of Muslim organizations that have signed this Navigating Differences letter. And I'm just wondering, what did you learn through your reporting about whether or not there's religious consensus when it comes to issues of gender diversity? So I would say overall, there is not religious consensus among Islamic scholars. There are those like people, organizations and individuals that signed that letter that say Islam is unequivocal in its stance on this, but there are different views. However, those views aren't nearly as prominent. You have to search pretty hard to find them. So, yeah, there's absolutely no consensus whatsoever. You can easily Google uh, the vast majority of Muslim organizations in this country having signed one letter, and you can barely find anybody on the other side. And that's because there's very little consensus on this issue. In terms of things like people pointing out that there is precedent in Islamic societies and tradition of, of recognizing non-binary uh, gender identities. And I think it's important to say there is a spectrum of beliefs. I think there's, you know, conservative positions and, and more progressive positions on this issue among all faiths, but they're certainly harder to find. And I think um, they certainly are. They're certainly, you know, nearly impossible to find uh, and 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 certainly uh, just so happen to uh, be being made by people who call themselves Muslims and may wear a hijab um, who are like professors of gender studies rather than Islamic scholars, <laughs> which does seem like a bit of a difference. There is a certain level of ostracism that people face for taking a different stand. And I think that's just... It's because... Things are so equally divided and it's really impossible to say that there's a consensus that something like ostracism is possible, you know, um, is groups frequently ostracize people uh, over issues on which there is no consensus within the group, as we all know. It's discouraged people from expressing some of the more diverse views on this subject. Yeah, this story, it can be pretty difficult to talk about because it's so layered. We're talking about two... <laughs> there, there are so many layers. Muslims are so complicated, guys. It's so impossible to understand what they believe about this, except for, you know, all the things that they've written for the last 1,400 years. Um, real mystery. We may never know marginalized groups, uh, Muslims and LGBTQ people, and 
progressive activists have been kind of baffled to see Muslim parents joining forces with far-right groups that have demonized them in the past. And at the intersection of all of this are LGBTQ Muslims. And I wonder what you've heard from them about all of this. It's It was really hard to find LGBTQ Muslim voices. I had a number of people get back to me and say, I can only speak off the record, but I'm not putting my name out there and attached to this. And uh, that was really unfortunate and really frustrating because this, it's clear that all of this rhetoric does have this is the end on people's lives and, and their comfort with who they are. Okay, Omar, thank you so much for helping us unpack this, this really complicated issue. I appreciate it. Thanks for your interest and for having me on the show. All right. All right. That was it. Um, so I'm glad we were all able to just uh, expose ourselves to this deep mis mystery, which is um, uh, what do Muslims even believe? No one can say. Uh, what What are they even protesting about? No one can say, particularly not those people who are saying it loudly through megaphones, what they're protesting about. I'm uh, I'm glad we were able to come to no conclusions and uh, um, and uh, and uh, really uh, really reach no enlightenment whatsoever. Uh, this is this is uh, this is why we have journalism, guys. Um, but you know. We here at the Anarchist Bible Study, we we don't pretend to be journalists because why would anyone pretend to be something so uh, heinous? Um, we uh, um, uh, we we just we do the, we do something that uh, no journalist would ever deign to do, which is that we uh, we actually read um, documents uh, that uh, uh, that say rather clearly um uh what what uh uh god and uh and other people have thought about things um uh and uh so if you want to support us in that and talk to us about it you can uh go to uh buymeacoffee.com slash flyover for just one dollar a month you can have access to our secret discord um where we can uh delve into the deep mysteries of uh, of just just what do these parents yelling leave our kids alone actually want um, and um, and then uh, you can comment on this video uh, rate us five stars please on uh, your podcatcher of choice um, you can send us an email at study at gmail.com. Uh, unless, of course, you're trying to give us a uh, Quranic defense of uh, transgenderism, in which case um, you can send that to uh, please don't execute me for blasphemy at gmail.com. Um, and uh, But then most importantly, you can join us again next week as we take on Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. Grace and peace. Salam. <laughs>